Hi, I'm Lauren Burdett, and you're listening to Life as Spiritual Practice, a podcast where we explore what it's like to experience ordinary aspects of life as ways to connect with the divine. If you are feeling stuck in your spiritual journey and looking for new ways to deepen your relationship with the holy, this might be the inspiration you've been looking for. Before we get started, a disclaimer. I am a spiritual director by practice, and one of the ways I listen is through silence. I will use silence in our conversation today to savor what my guest is sharing and to listen for where the conversation should flow next. The silences could feel awkward, but I invite you to enter them with me. When there is a pause in our conversation, may you take it as an invitation to notice what is happening within your own soul. I am delighted to introduce today's guest, Gabrielle Strauss. Gabrielle is the founder of Evolving Judaism and Path of Tikkun, two organizations committed to the development of universal Jewish spiritual practice as a means of personal and collective transformation. Gabrielle is also a spiritual counselor and transformation coach who supports people in healing the barriers to accessing and actualizing a more whole, healed, and integrated life. He was the director of youth and family programs at Chochmat Halev in Berkeley, California, and now lives with his wife and two daughters in beautiful British Columbia. Gabrielle, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Lauren. You're welcome. I have been so curious to talk with you about fatherhood and parenting as a spiritual practice. Um, when I met you, you were months away from becoming a dad. <laughs> and I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that, even just that threshold, you know, of becoming a father. Sure. Well, I, I, I don't want to scare any prospective parents away here, but uh, yeah, no, definitely that threshold was a, was a challenging time for me. I definitely uh, mm-hmm. was feeling a lot of fear around bringing another being into this world and how it would impact me. Yeah. And how old are your daughters? Currently, I have a two and a half year old and a four month old. So that transition, that threshold is not that far behind you. No, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) I will say Mm. that the the good thing was that uh, before I had my first daughter, I had a blessing way. I had a little gathering that I created with some some men, brothers of mine, that uh, got together to support me in facing the the fears that were arising, and that was super super helpful. Right, wow. really, actually helped me transform a lot of the energy that I was that I was feeling. Oh, I'm so intrigued by that. Can you tell me more about that ceremony? Sure, yeah. So uh, I just invited a handful of men over, some who Mm. were dads and some who were not, some who were married, some who were not, um, to just just to hold space for me while Mm. I expressed the fears that were on my heart, the feelings that were on my heart. Mm. Um, And... I went around, and uh, it's, it's a while ago, so I don't, I don't exactly recall what, what happened, but I did go around, and I, I just asked, you know, the, the, the men that, you know, especially the ones that had kids, to kind of share and reflect on the journey and 
um, you know, share any wisdom that they that they had uh, about kind you know stepping into fatherhood and uh, yeah, it was it was profound um, just to have mm-hmm. more mo- mostly to have the space to really be held in in my fear and to mm-hmm. be heard and express that that fear in a circle of men um, and feel their support and their brotherhood was, was, it was profound. It really shifted my whole, I, I be, I, as before I went, you know, as I started that ceremony, I felt what I would say, not ready mm-hmm. to have, to have my child. But after that ceremony, I felt like ready. I, I was, I was okay. I'm ready. I can do this now. Wow. That the shift of the fear, um, what do I want to ask? I guess I'm curious about was it replaced by something or what what did you then see that you couldn't see when you were carrying the fear? I think I said it was a while ago, but I, I, I think like that I just felt more spaciousness. Mm. In, Mm. embracing the path and mm. the um, intensity of kind of of overwhelm was was dissipated mm. you know kind of almost as though like putting it into the space like and being held there it kind of it, it, it moved out of this like intense burden on me mm-hmm. and was like held by this circle of other of other men so that yeah. I felt the burden was not as as heavy and large anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's really powerful. You were no longer carrying it alone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a community that we do mother blessings. And the structure of our mother blessings is similar to what you shared about. Did you call it a blessing way? Yeah. Yeah. And every, almost every time someone says, but what about the men? You know, and kind of a throwaway comment, but what about the men? You know, there's. Yeah. It is a profound life change. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, this has been a big piece of my work, actually, um, that I've been, you know, you know, you talk, we were talking before about having a lot on your plate. Part of what I've been trying, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes to add and sometimes not to add onto my already full plate, but um, is doing more of this kind of men's work and, and father's work uh, in particular. Because what I've what I've realized is, yeah, there's there seems to be a lot of support for for women and for moms. Um, but not nearly as much uh, for for dads. And um, actually, when I was the director of youth and family programs in Berkeley, I created a I, I ran a family program, um, fifteen families, and one of the pieces I added. Well, I created the program, and one of the pieces that particularly I was I was excited about was I created mom's groups and dad's groups as part of the program. So um, each month we would get together on a, you know, one night a week um, 
and uh, have these uh, dance dance circles uh, where mm-hmm. um, I actually hired two facilitators who were doing a little thing called Rad Dads, and um, mm-hmm. uh, they led they led the circle, and uh, it was it was just wonderful. You could see the 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 need, the hunger for men and dads to get together and to be able to really share um, like what's on their hearts what are they struggling with be you know vulnerable be open be uh, in that kind of safe safe space to share and uh, they loved it they just thrived and the connection that mm-hmm. the connection that was built from it all was was quite palpable mm-hmm. That's true in general, isn't it? That we don't have enough spaces for men to be vulnerable with each other. Yes, absolutely. What, what do I want to ask? Maybe let's go back to you and, and your, you know, your journey to becoming a dad. So that fear was, was removed and you felt ready. And then and then you cross that threshold. And what what was that time like for you? Um, goodness, again, I don't want to scare people away, but it, it was pretty. It, <laughs> it was pretty. It's okay. <laughs> uh, it was pretty brutal. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's so relative, but I think with my particular karma, um, my ancestral history, and you know, my own upbringing uh all impacted a lot quite a bit about how i was able to meet uh the challenge of being a dad um but you know there's so much beauty and so much joy and love all of that and um there's just there's 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 a lot of challenge uh for me as um i recognized my uh inner material was being brought to the surface in a really profound way that before having kids was not anywhere near as, as in my face. Mm. Mm-hmm. That resonates with me that I think both, um, how, how do I want to put it? You know, kind of the wearing away of the wearing away of ego, like working away at it. Um, and the, you know, suddenly as a parent, you're confronting patterns of behavior that maybe you didn't even know you were carrying. And, and then the lack of time and space to process and to rest. And so the things that come up, they, they really come up and they kind of stay, stay Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So what did you do with that? I, uh, yeah, I got, I, I reached out for support, um, you know, particularly, uh, in, in, you know, therapeutic modalities, um, spiritual direction and, uh, and, uh, therapy to, to get some support on unpacking the material that was being brought to the surface. Mm. Hmm. I see the similarities between that and the circle of men who held you before you became a dad and the 
spaces for what you were experiencing to be held. Yes, yes. I'm curious, what, what have you learned about yourself through becoming a dad and through this process of, you know, of unpacking what comes to the surface? Um, well, uh, I've learned a lot. I mean, yeah, we're getting, I mean, I'll, I just, I'm, we're getting, going to get personal here. Um, mm-hmm. just fine for me, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just learned a lot about my, my history, mm-hmm. uh, and, and my, you know, my childhood, um, through, um, through, through what has been brought into my presence and awareness through through my daughters Mm -hmm. Um, so particularly i'd say kind of like um a certain you know there's like a certain type of cry that that you know first the muna did and now you know ayla does and uh that uh, really like triggers me in a, in a deep deep way and um i was like what's you know what is this about what's going on here and uh you know through you know the therapeutic work uh you know start to like unpack like what's what is this about what's happening mm-hmm. here and you know got to um some answers about you know how uh there's you know the cry is an expression of needs mm-hmm. And so my daughter is expressing, you know, my daughters are expressing their needs. And something in me gets activated that relates back in time to that same expression of needs that I had when I was, you know, you know, a week old, a month old, a year old, two years old each each you know each moment in time that my child is expressing um something i actually it's like a it's like a tuning machine or it's like a you know a guitar like they express a a vibration that hits my guitar my being and it resonates that same frequency back to when i was that age and so going back to that age, I have to, you know, check out what was happening to me then. So if I went back in time and I kind of started to feel into it, what I noticed was, you know, that uh, fortunately my mom really wasn't, wasn't available to me uh, uh, in the ways that, that I think I, I needed as a, as a baby. So there's some work there for me to do uh in order to try and heal that pattern so so essentially the my daughters are you know through you know through their own needs through their own crying and their and the expression of their needs are bringing me back in touch with the place that of my own needs that weren't met at the time and so that's why there's some there's some frustration that comes up in me. There's some aggravation that comes up in me, and I'm I'm not able to just be like, "Oh, you have needs, okay, you know, let me soothe you, let me comfort you." But it's actually like, 
my own unmet needs are being brought, you know, from childhood are being brought to the surface. And so there's a, there's a trigger and an activation there that needs attention from me and support from, from another to kind of help me, help me work through it. So, I mean, that's, I've been learning a lot about, uh, a lot about my childhood and about how I was, how I was raised, um, you know, for better or worse. Um, you know, I'm not, there's no, there's no need to blame my parents or anything like that because that's not really helpful. But just to to honor and acknowledge what has happened in the past and to try and make you know, what I call tikkun, repair, a healing upon upon that material, so that I can show up in a better way and in a different way uh, towards mm-hmm. my kids. Wow, that must have been. That must have been so disconcerting when those cries first, you know, you first experienced them as triggering. And (laughs) And still, and still (laughs) experience them as triggering. Yeah, it hasn't, maybe there's, it's different now, but it's still, it's still uh, definitely an active, active trigger. Yeah, and it is disconcerting, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who talks about um, on her mothering journey how she has have she's had to mother her own soul, her own self. And as you were sharing, mm. I could see that image as well of oh wow, you don't just have the needs of your daughters to tend to, you also have the needs of of baby Gabrielle to tend to. And a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to. We have the opportunity to reparent ourselves through uh, through parenting our children. I say the opportunity because I like to like to frame it that way rather than like an ad, the added mm-hmm. burden kind of. Um, but we get we get the opportunity to really reparent ourselves in the ways that uh, we, you know we didn't have. We weren't able to be parented as children so that's the thing a lot of the work that i do with my clients is is just it just in that is like how do you shift the perspective from this being like an a burden and a, a you know a barrier and like why am i so messed up to okay here's this opportunity like my children are actually triggering an opportunity mm-hmm. for growth they're they're bringing to light the places that have that have that are unintegrated yeah. inside of me and so now um i get to look at them and i get to and get the opportunity to heal them because if i didn't have children it's very easy to miss these places like these places can go um completely unseen so there's a, it's actually a huge gift when you look at it that way. But really it's only a gift when you're, you are able to look at it in this way and you have the resources and support to be able to process the information because otherwise it is, it is clearly mm-hmm. just a burden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really struck by that language of it is just a burden unless you have the resources and the support, at which point it becomes a gift. Yes. Yeah. 
I, I really try to be careful with my languaging. I've noticed like that I put out, you know, I can, there's times when I want to put out these messages of like, you know, you're, you're, you know, be grateful for your, your stuff because it's a, it's a gift for you to be able to unpack and to, to heal. But the truth is like, it, it's not that for everyone. So, so people who don't have the resources, either in, um, the perspective that we're sharing, even that is a resource, right? The perspective of being able to look at this material in this way. Um, if you don't have that resource, or if you don't have the resources of um, the actual time and energy to be able to process the material, or if you don't have the resources in terms of the support from um, a peer or you know a professional, to help you work through this material, um, then it, it just is a burden. And, you know, you put out a message like, you know, you, you know, be grateful for your stuff, your material. And people are kind of like, well, I, that makes me really angry. And, you know, who are you to tell me that? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, versus people who are more resourced will be like, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that, you know, for that inspiration. So I think uh, it's, it's we have to be careful with with how we message, um, you know, these invitations because because not everyone has those resources and it can feel just uh, you know just utterly overwhelming and despairing yeah. when uh, when we don't. How how did you get the time and space that you needed? Well, I think that, that's one of the probably the biggest challenges actually that, that I currently still face is the the time and space and support. I mean, I I've got the perspective that's mm-hmm. clear, and I think you know, that's another piece that I that I that I write about um, and uh, and talk about is like you know you can even even if you have the perspective, you know you 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 get that your children are here actually their job is to bring up the unintegrated parts of yourself you know the the places that need tending and and healing like that's their job uh and it's an opportunity for you to heal so even if you have that perspective it doesn't necessitate your capacity to Mm -hmm. do the work um meaning you you still need the other aspects of the resources you need the time and space and you need the the external support um so i I think that you know the biggest challenge with with parenting that i've i've come come across so far is 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 finding or making the time and space to do this work um and then finding the you know a suitable support uh, person or network to to support you in doing it because um, you know when you're a parent and you're working in the world there's 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 very little time you know you're 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 parenting and depending on when your kids go to bed like you know gosh my daughter she's, she's sometimes she's going to bed nine o'clock ten mm-hmm. o'clock so it's 
and by that time you don't have much much energy for anything but watching mm-hmm. Netflix. So <laughs> finding the time to to be able to really dig into this is is really difficult um, as a parent, and I think that's where a lot of frustration comes from. What? That then makes me wonder, okay, what could I do if I am, you know, if I'm really in the thick of parenting and I know, you know, I'm aware that my children are, are triggering things, you know, or I'm seeing things that are brought up and I, I would like to honor that, but I don't have the space or the capacity for, um, for extensive work. Are there mm-hmm. coping? I don't know if coping strategies is the right word, but like, are there are there small practices? Are there small things that that you do, you know, within the moment, or that that you would recommend? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is is the I would say the first thing is is awareness, mm-hmm. is an, an observation, which anyone can do. Um, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. Not everyone can do that, but which you know you can do. One can you know um, can can theoretically do in in any given moment. So if if you at least at the very least bring awareness to to what's happening, meaning my daughter cries and I get triggered, can I at least notice that I'm triggered? Can I have the awareness that oh I'm really triggered right now and and you know this isn't about her this is about you know this is about me what's what's being brought up inside is about me and it's about my in my case it's about my unmet needs and probably in, in most mm-hmm. of our cases it's, it's similar actually to that about our unmet needs as children and kind of just be at the very least aware of that because i think already that's making a shift energetically from just kind of um you know, having the experience of being triggered and then reacting. Because yeah. that's usually what happens. Like we'll react and we'll, we'll just kind of project whatever trigger we're feeling, we'll project it onto the kids either through, you know, yelling at them or answering in a, in a harsher tone or, um, or checking out in some other kind of way. So I think that, you know, at the very least, if we can bring awareness to it, and even already the first, you know, even that question already is, is already a mm-hmm. step in a huge, a huge step in the right direction. If I'm already asking the question, like, I know, you know, I want to do this work, but I don't necessarily have time to like, you know, sit down with a counselor. What can I do in the moment? Well, already you're already on, on a, you're way mm-hmm. ahead of the game if you're asking that question. So also honoring that, honoring the fact that you're, asking that question and that's a big it's a big deal that's encouraging as as you shared you talked about the gift of our children and um, the ways they shed light and and children as teachers and Mm -hmm. i'm curious how else your children are your teachers Well, yeah, I mean, there's the, I'm just thinking in my mind, like the, the shadow side, there's like mm-hmm. the way that they, they bring light to the shadow. And then there's, 
mm-hmm. the light side is the way that they bring light to the light um mm-hmm. meaning kind of can can plug plug me into uh you know slowing down and appreciating the moment more and appreciating the the miracle of of existence of, of being being alive uh in the universe and um just the, the slowing down and the connecting to this, you know, miracle that I'm tending to in the moment, mm-hmm. and the love and the open, open-heartedness, just like the flowing, the flowing of love that mm-hmm. that comes from from being open to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I experience that as well that when I can, when I allow them, (laughs) when I can be present to it, the way they can, my children can still just pull me right into this present moment. And, and yes, right into the miracle of the moment of them, of, of me being there to bear witness. Mm. How you know, if you think about fatherhood as a spiritual practice, um, how have they changed or shifted or influenced your, like, your relationship with the divine? Yeah, great question. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty dramatic, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. Um, I mean, and that's partially due to my, also again, to my, my history and my personal story. Um, so when I was in, uh, when I was in university, I, I really, you know, had a spiritual awakening and woke up to spirit in a very, very powerful way. And, um, I took my senior year off, uh, my, you know, my final year off from college actually as a leave of absence to explore truth full-time mm-hmm. and um just felt called beyond you know to you know that that was the most important thing to do uh, the mm-hmm. only thing that really mattered was to to explore uh truth and to explore god and spirituality um and uh during that period i had a very powerful uh, awakening experience where i just opened up to the the oneness of uh, all of creation, of all of existence, and really plugged in deeply to that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about ego a couple minutes ago, and really felt like the disappearance, of, you know, of the ego, the kind of the mm-hmm. disintegration of that ego, um, and just plugging into the divinity of, of all of all of all, all of creation, all of existence, mm-hmm. and seeing that you know to me at that point that was the purpose you know that was the meaning and the purpose of creation was to to dissolve my ego and to plug into the the unity behind you know underneath all things and the foundation of of reality um that was a very also a very liberating experience a very profound blissful experience uh 
freeing experience from my identity, from anything and everything really was just this uh, merging with the divine. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, fast forward, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years or so. And, you know, just, just before I met my wife and um, mm-hmm. kind of still holding on to that vibration in a way, like it fell away. Uh, it, it, it wasn't as clear and as powerful as it was in, in, that, in that, you know, when I was 20 or 21. Um, and um, I met my wife mm-hmm. and she became this grounding force for me, kind of just like, I, I kind of you know, picture myself mm-hmm. as a kite and she had the string and she was kind of just pulling me down. Uh, out of the out of the ethers um, into you know down coming back down to earth a bit more and uh, you know then through committing to her and getting married and then you know then taking that next step to have children really um, everything changed my my complete outlook on spirituality was, was drastically drastically shifted uh, upon getting married and upon particularly having having a child um mm. that's what that was the question you asked how has it, how has it changed so so it i'd say the way that it changed was that previously um mm. you know where the focal point was on ascension was on uh, um transcendence um the the new focal point became about imminence. It became about being in the world, not not getting out of the world, not not kind of more of a of an Eastern perspective of uh, transcending samsara, transcending um, the illusion of of this world, and getting to that you know clear place where you only see God and you recognize yourself as an expression um, of God. That that. Yeah. And and in that process, you you dissolve your ego, you know, completely. Um, what mm. came was more of like you know, of an integration, and a process of of honoring and recognizing the shadow, mm. recognizing and honoring that there is a lineage here of my own um, personal life that that was passed on to me from my ancestors from my parents and their parents and their parents mm. that is actually a really special gift that i'm here to um honor and 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 treasure it's a, it's a karmic inheritance that i'm here to receive and unpack to to the extent that i can um and whatever i do unpack um or don't unpack this package. This narrative will be passed on to my to my children. Um, what I do unpack from that will be a lighter load that that uh, you know, hopefully, God willing, will be a lighter load that they have in their um, in their back package and you know in their in their inheritance from me. So I realized really that you know spirituality 
isn't just about transcendence. It's about um, working with the material that we have been passed on, meaning the, the, the conditioned habits, you know, the ways of meeting the stresses and the challenges uh, of, of life, that um, you know, the places we get triggered, uh, annoyed, aggravated, um, you know, the, the depressed, the places of depression, uh, anxiety, all of these things that kind of when we, you know, look at it at the Buddhist perspective, it's like, well, those are all illusion. You need to transcend them and just be in this place of equanimity. Um, really, this, this, you know, having children has drastically shifted my perspective mm-hmm. to see that actually, no, these are really, these are really gifts that need to be um, uh, honored and, and, and um, unpacked unpack because what we don't unpack we just hand on to the next generation it just goes you know right to them so um if i am able to get you know a handle on my my anger and i'm able to to heal whatever wounds have been passed you know whatever that material is that's been passed on from my my dad and his dad to him and so on then I, I, you know, in the moment, I, if I'm, if I don't have a response of anger, which is the default, you know, that's my default, and my default is connected to my ancestral um, baggage or my ancestral, my karmic inheritance. If 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 I don't mm-hmm. respond with anger, then I'm actually making tikkun. I'm making a repair in my whole lineage. In that whole lineage, there's a little repair that happens, and just that little repair is kind of you can you can see like mm-hmm. one one little stone out of the mm-hmm. out of the bag of karma that that I would have passed on to my child. Mm-hmm. Every time I respond in anger, I'm just adding another stone, in a sense, to that to that karmic baggage to that inheritance. So it, it's quite a it's quite a profound perspective when when you when you look at it um, because what I've seen is that you know and this is something I really wanted to, to touch on here is that when we look at the world of, of adults who are doing you know not so nice things uh, we look at the you know the Trumps and um, the Mussolini's or the Hitler's or you know whoever, um, the 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 people who are you know, doing atrocities all across the world, um, they were once children, and I think my sense is how they were parented had a deep deep impact on how they became adults and how they were led to. Be the people they are today, and have the reactions, um, and the capacities to mm-hmm. to to you know commit the atroci- atrocities that they're committing. And if we looked at you know parenting more as a spiritual practice, I think that um, it would dramatically change the kind of children we're bringing up, because yeah. it's all about what 
we pass on to them, you know, unconsciously what we're passing on to them. Um, and when we make it conscious and we start to do the work of parenting as a spiritual practice, then um, it has a profound, profound impact on the world. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I'm really struck by that image of you as the kite, you know, and um, connection with the holy as, as ascendance, you know, and as moving up and this being pulled down and down into your roots, you know, and going from up in the mm-hmm. air right down into your roots and healing just along every strand of them, you know, tending to every strand of your roots and Yes. I'm struggling. Yeah. How um, oriented in time you are now, you know, that, that looking back over your past and holding hopes for your children's future. And mm-hmm. before this, yeah, your spiritual path sounded almost outside of time, you know, like it was outside of time. It was outside of creation. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, that was, it was, it was, yeah, it was all about transcending time. There is no such thing as time. Time was part of the illusion. Time was part of the, the thing to be overcome, the thing to be transcended. And uh, this is fully, fully in time. And that's the, that I would say this is like the piece of how radical the, you know, having children has transformed my perspective on spirituality because it's, it, it has, it's brought me right into time in such a, such a profound way. Um, yeah. But on the same token, it, it's, it's really both. And I think that's a real, a real balanced and integrated path is a path that can hold both, mm-hmm. can hold the, the, the awareness of the transcendence. It can hold the awareness of uh, the unity and the divinity, the oneness of all of creation, of all of existence. And at the same time, hold the the beauty and the profundity of time, mm. and that the two don't need you know, one doesn't cancel the other. That yeah. both can be present together in the in this paradox and this this holy paradox, and um, can be can be both can be embraced and and married actually. Mm to one another and, and and this divine union of of both transcendence and imminence of of um of of infinity of, and and finite reality mm. where do you experience moments of transcendence now <laughs> Not much. Yeah. <laughs> Not much. Um, sometimes, sometimes you know, I get a chance at night when everyone's asleep um, and the house is quiet and it's dark and uh, I get a chance to meditate mm-hmm. and just sit, you know, just sit on the carpet and, and just just breathe and, and feel the that uh, ground of being you know that's mm-hmm. those are some of the most precious moments um it feels like everyone in the whole world is asleep and i just get to like have have a few moments to to plug in 
Mm. Um, otherwise, I think you know part of my practice as a as a Jew is um, to to use the the what might be mundane moments throughout the day, what might be seen as mundane moments throughout the day, to also have have an opportunity to connect. Um, so that really looks like uh, in our tradition, you know, saying saying a blessing, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, um, or you know, a, a mantra or an intention, or just a moment of pause before mm-hmm. eating uh, some some food, any piece of food throughout the day, um, mm-hmm. before taking a bite of uh, food or taking a drink of any liquid. There's a there's a blessing that is said that just allows a moment to pause and to realign and connect, um, mm-hmm. connect with the divine or connect with, you know, your, my sacred intention for, you know, how I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show up here, you know, reminding me of my shadow work, reminding me of, of, mm-hmm. uh, of what I've committed to, to doing in this world, in this life. Um, so th- those are, those are moments that I get before, you know, right, right before I, eat or drink um we also in our tradition have a a a prayer we say after using the using the washroom um Mm. as a way to thank spirit for the way that our bodies work and you know expel the 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 toxic things that we don't need and take in the things that we do need um so those are also really those are like little profound moments that i get to connect to the transcendence um, and then, you know, of course, you know, looking at, looking at my, either my, you know, my four month old, looking at, looking at her and, just, you know, watching her wonder and her, you know, her, uh, innocence as it unfolds in such a beautiful way, um, or watching my, you know, two and a half year old as she, you know, learns new things and delights in the world and, um, Oh, those are definitely moments where I am able to connect yeah. more. I love those those practices. I want a prayer. I want a prayer when I when I go to the bathroom. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing I teach. You know, I, I'm I'm starting to. Uh, my, one of my I feel something I was called by spirit. You know, to do in this world is to to kind of bring the teachings of Judaism um, out of the kind of exclusive realm that they they've tended to be, I think, more traditionally held in, and to make them more available to to, to really anyone on the spiritual path who's uh, who's walking the the householder path. I think that Judaism has just a lot of uh, rich gifts to offer to the world. Uh, in terms of spiritual practice, that can be um, it can be integrated into anyone's life, you know, Jewish or not. Like, you know, anyone can say, you know, say a prayer, or say a little, have a little moment of, of gratitude after going to the bathroom, and and uh, yeah. So that's that's a great that's a great little great little tool. Anyone anyone can say a prayer before you know taking a bite of food or drink. Um, and there's a lot of those, you know, in the Jewish tradition that, uh, you know, I feel, I feel called to, to share with people. And is, I'm curious, is 
Path of Tikkun part of that? Is it? That's, yes. That's, well, that's exactly what Path of Tikkun is. Path of Tikkun is, okay. yeah, is bringing the universal, um, this universal practice of uh, what I would call non-dual awakening, um, a universal mm-hmm. practice of using Jewish spiritual technology and tools and practices as a way of mm-hmm. uh, creating a more integrated, healed, holistic um, life uh, that, that brings more healing both personally uh, and collectively into the world. This kind of this path mm-hmm. of both the light work and the shadow work and how to do that when you're not you know, when you're not a monk, when you're living the the parent life in the world, uh, you know, running from here to there, um, just trying to get things done and kind of collapsing at the end of the day. How can you, you know, how can you have an integrated spiritual practice uh, within all of that? Yeah. That is my great question. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, but I see, you know, um, and I see how I'm very intrigued by this language of tikkun and how empowering it is to get to be a part of healing and to get to be a part of repairing. And um, it's empowering, it's active, it's engaged. And it sounds like something I can do with my kids in the room. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's re- I think it's revolutionary, honestly, because we tend to see mm-hmm. these things as um, in the way. You know, we tend to see the triggers, mm-hmm. um, you know, the difficult emotions and difficult reactions that we have, the unsettling reactions we might have. Um, the patterns that we're, we're aggravated by or annoyed with, like, come on, can I finally, can I get over this already? Uh, we, we tend to see all of those things as in the way. But the, when we change the perspective, they, they, they're no longer in the way, they are the way. They are the way to bringing greater healing to ourselves and our planet. And I think that's something I've learned, you know, through through parenting, um, and through my tradition, and you know, looking at my tradition through a different lens to see, you know, the 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 this concept of tikkun of cosmic repair, and how, um, yeah, I mean that that might be a topic for another time, but I, I wrote a little article about it, but uh, it's 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 seeing like you know from the sin of Adam and Eve, you know, this, 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 uh, primal sin, uh, in the garden, how really like that was the, the kind of the be- the beginning of the shadow work being passed on, um, which is the, the repair that we get to make the repair of the actual universe of the cosmos that we get to make every time, we make a repair in ourselves. Every time we see a pattern mm-hmm. and we and we don't react on it, 
um, and we change the way we respond, we're actually making a repair to the universe. So it's, it's really, really, really profound. Yeah, and such a privilege. Yeah. Gabrielle, was there um, is there anything you wanted to share that you haven't gotten to yet or a direction that you wished we had gone in? Um I don't know. I think I feel like we covered covered a lot of it. Um so I'm just saying, you know, along the lines of, again, like, what can we do? How can we do it? You know, that, that big question you have and that I have too. And I think that's just it. It's about, you know, first of all, having the perspective and shifting the perspective on, uh, you know, what spirituality is and how, mm-hmm. how it can be, you know, what it can become. Um, and, 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 you know, instead of like, the uh, kind of my old perspective on spirituality, which was like, you know, I would have an hour every morning to like, you know, pray and do yoga and meditate um, and really get aligned with spirit in this like such, such a beautiful way. Um, And that, you know, then, you know, from that perspective, having kids means like, well, now the kids are in the way of me being able to do that. And now like, I can't do my spiritual practice, right? So it's taking that and seeing that, recognizing that and saying, well, okay, so how can I, how can I turn this around? How can I make my current reality into my spiritual practice? And, um, and that means just like sitting down and really taking the time to like, to create a new flow, to create a new practice, to create a, a, a new, a new way of meeting this this period of life, and and uh, you know, and creating these these moments, these sacred moments throughout the day that you know don't take an hour, you know, don't take you know half an hour, mm-hmm. don't take even fifteen minutes, but just even can take a few moments to to pause, you know, before eating, uh, to and before you know taking a drink of water, just to just to pause and have a little little mantra a little blessing or prayer that we that we say as a as a way of you know plugging in and taking taking a moment to pause from from the quickness of 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 the day um or you know you know same with going to the bathroom or um, there's another jewish tradition of uh, called mezuzah which is a scroll with some scriptures in it that that's on the you know placed on the doorpost uh, it's actually placed in every doorpost in the house, but you know you can put one on more more so in the in the doorpost going outside. So you, again, you see that, and you can pause, and you can see like what kind of person do I want to be when I'm going out mm-hmm. into the world? You know, what's my intention for how I want to be walking through the world? And, you know, you just have a moment to pause and reflect on that and align with that you know divine calling, that divine voice, and then. When you come home, you see it again and you can pause and you touch it and you say, what kind of person do I want to be inside my house? Mm. And again, you just have a moment to pause and, and align because I think that's the hardest thing is to stay aligned to, to our spiritual calling, to the, you know, what's, what's called yeah. that still small voice. 
inside ourselves when there's so much movement and chaos going on uh, in our lives. You know, when there's crying kids and there's kids that need to be fed and bat and bathed and put down for a nap or for sleep. Um, we need to eat ourselves and all of that. So it's like we need to fully remodel the spiritual practice um, from this kind of pre-marriage and family reality to the, the, the post-marriage and family reality and um, yeah. find ways to, 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 to remember our souls and to align with them and to um, re- redefine spirituality and spiritual practice. I use the language of contemplative pause and where can I get, you know, just take a contemplative pause in the day to, to return to center. And, um, and I think too about if parenting is a spiritual practice for parenting to be a spiritual practice, what are the practices that I need to support the practice? Mm-hmm. And I heard that just sharing you know what what are those those small practices that pull us back into alignment that help us wake up to this moment um yes yeah yeah i i there's there just brought to mind one other thing i did want to share um if that's Mm -hmm. okay absolutely yes i think so that's it it's like right it's a the perspective which is like you know this is my practice parenting is my spiritual practice and then there's the practices themselves the contemplative pauses the moments of reflection and, and alignment to that um to that you know intention of parenting as a spiritual practice um but then i just think the the, the other piece that i found just essential and also kind of in a way lacking in my in my personal life is is a sangha is a spiritual community Mm -hmm. and i think that that especially around these topics is is just essential so i've been wanting to have this kind of vision for starting a a dad's group um to you know Mm. to 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 work with this material and to to bring it into conversation to bring it into community because i just feel the difference between me kind of in my own sphere doing this work versus when like I really feel like I have the the support and the spiritual camaraderie with others that are doing the same work that are you know working the same challenge and you know having successes and having failures and being able to support each other in that, I think that that, yeah. that that really is an essential ingredient in all this. Um, mm. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Because then it just takes it to a whole nother level of, of depth and realness, you know. Because when I'm in my own my own world, trying to trying to navigate these realms and trying to trying to do this work, it just is this. Is this is this a battle of um, isolation and individuality? Yeah. And when I'm able to do it in community, then it's like, oh yeah, we're doing this together. We're doing this together. We have we're supporting each other. Like the, there's there's mm-hmm. like a sense of support, and there's also the, the more of a sense of accountability 
Like I've got other people who are doing this work, you know, and they're, you know, they know where I'm at and I'm sharing with them, you know, my successes, I'm sharing my failures and there's like, there's support and there's like, yeah, there's, there's this accountability and connection and, and it just makes it so much more real. It's just like, all right, yes, we are doing this. So um, I, I, I honor you, you know, and, and bringing this out to the world in the way that you are and for inviting me on this call and um, to, you know, to, to make this uh, more in the, in the public sphere and to, and to, you know, just even by, by, you know, us coming together, there's a sense of support and camaraderie and, um, like people who are listening to this know that like there, there are other people struggling with the same challenges that you are. And, uh, even if we're not in the same place, like we're, we're, we're doing it together. And I just invite, you know, invite listeners to, 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 to gather people who are like-minded together and to create little groups, uh, to, to support each other and to do this work because it's really, really hard to do it alone. It's really, really, really hard to do mm-hmm. it alone. Yes. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up. It is. Um, I experienced that as such an essential part of my mothering, and I forget to give language to it. I forget to give language to the to how essential relationship and community is. And gosh, it takes me back to how we started this call, you know, and the need for the need and the gift for others to come around us and to carry what we're carrying with us. And mm-hmm. yeah, we carry for each other. Yeah. We're carrying for the, you know, for the whole world really like, yeah. Gabrielle, thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's my total pleasure. Thank you so much for, for reaching out and for doing this holy work. Thank you. I hope, yeah, I share your hope. I hope that, listeners, I hope you connect with what we shared. I hope that you will be inspired to, if you are a parent, to to take your parenting seriously as a spiritual practice and to reach out and create community. And if you're listening and you're not a parent, I hope you won't be scared off. (laughs) And I hope that you'll reach out to the parents in your life and, and offer, offer the gift of community and, and carrying with them. You can learn more about Gabrielle at gabriellestrauss.com and about his work with Evolving Judaism at evolvingjudaism.com. You can also find links to the resources we mentioned in our show notes. I hope that today's conversation inspires you to play with spiritual practices in your daily life. If you do, I'd love to hear about it. You can reach me via my website, laurenburdett.com. If you enjoyed the conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your favorite podcast app. That will help other listeners to find us. Finally, as always, our music is from the album Solace by the band This Side of Eve. You can find this song and all of their music at thissideofeve.bandcamp.com. I'll be back next week with a new conversation. Thanks again. Thanks.